Hope you feel better tomorrow. I do. Hey everybody, um, today we're gonna be talking about ways to boost your immune system. So um, I've got Stephanie with us who is going to get into that a little in more detail than what I'm gonna cover here today too. So it's gonna be good. You're gonna have different ideas, things you can do naturally to boost your immune system, ways that you can support your body. Um, I've been hearing so many people are coming down with, you know, colds, flus. Um, I've been hearing some COVID stuff, allergy things, all kinds of things that are happening when we start to enter these cold weather months. And I am kind of succumbed to it myself a little bit. And so I'm trying to do all the things that I can do and know to help support my body. And even when we do all that, sometimes the stress of holidays and other just things in our life can actually impact how we're feeling. So let's discuss some of the things. I've got about nine or 10 things to talk about, but there's going to be some things lumped together. And I think it'll make sense for you, but you just need to really think about, especially as we enter the holiday season. And when you think about, we start with um, Halloween in October. And when people start eating junkier foods, I swear it starts with that time of year because we buy all this candy or there's, that's just kind of a thing with all these holidays. And we start adding a bunch of sugar to our diet. It is no wonder with sugar and stress, the people end up by getting sick. So what do you do to counteract this? So one of the things that's super important is to make sure that you are maintaining or trying to obtain really good gut health. 70% of our immune system is formed in the gut. And so if you have poor gut health at start, at the start of the season, um, you know, and if you, if you are, you know, sick on top of it with, you know, a virus or something like that, it's going to be harder and harder to stay healthy through the season. It starts with your gut to be working on gut health all year long. So things, um, we'll, we'll talk about more specific things you can do for your gut, you know, probiotics, et cetera, but there's lots of foods that you can eat that will actually help your gut or can keep your gut from becoming unhealthy. Um, all right. So the next thing, uh, eating colorful foods. So I have a whole program that's called the six days to better energy, and it's all based on the colors of our foods. Cause sometimes um, we, we don't really think about what does the red in our food mean? What does the purple in our foods mean? They mean specific things and they're there to help you stay healthy and to keep you from getting sick. And, um, you know, that's why a lot of fake foods are artificially colored to make them look pretty and healthy and all the things. And they're not. So making sure you're boosting up your antioxidants by eating whole healthy foods, that is going to be imperative for maintaining a healthy immune system. Uh, the third thing to talk about is something, and I'm sure Stephanie might, maybe, maybe you'll touch on this a little bit, but it goes kind of back to the gut health aspect. But one thing you can do to just kind of on a, I don't know, it's not a huge commitment, just really taking in some good bone broth on a regular basis, or when you make soups, use bone broth as the base. And that is really good for your joints. It's good for your skin and it's really good for your immune system. There's sort of a healing effect of it. That whole uh, wives tell about um, wives tale about grandma's chicken soup, you know, that whole thing, it means something. So um, I learned once upon a time in pathogenic microbiology class that just the warming of your mucosal lining uh, keeps microbes from attaching and causing illness. So it's not just about uh, I mean, that's actually a, 
a thing. It's actually supportive of your immune system and to keep things flowing so that microbes can't attach and cause infection. All right. So that's several reasons why bone broth and things like that are helpful. Um, vitamin C and vitamin D are huge. We've all heard about vitamin C in our immune system. Everybody knows that there's all different products out there that, you know, imply that if you take this vitamin C, something or another, it's going to help you from getting a cold or whatever. There is absolutely, um, you know, data that shows an immune, that the immune system and the cells involved in the immune system are supported by active actual intake of vitamin C and a good, a good level of vitamin C keep bacteria and viruses at bay. And the thing is, we've also been sort of accustomed to believe that you get your vitamin C from Tropicana orange juice. That's not probably where you need to get it. Yes, oranges, citrus have good vitamin C, but also berries, red and green pepper, kiwi, kale, cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, those are also very good for some of the other things that we talk, I've talked about and that Stephanie will be talking about. So it overlaps. It's not just orange juice. Okay. Um, and also orange juice is going to not be good for other reasons, sugar reasons and things like that. And we need the fiber as well. And vitamin D, vitamin D is in your immune cell receptors. It is written up in pretty much every body system, any, anything that has to do with maintaining health, vitamin D is gonna show up. So get your D, all right, get your D, take a supplement. Probably if you live in the Northern latitudes, you probably need some supplemental D, um, D3 specifically, you need that probably through the dark winter months, um, but you can get it through some fatty fish. You can get it through um, like different fish liver oils and things like that. But honestly, in my neck of the woods, I feel like everyone's deficient. So supplementation comes into play. Um, B vitamins. So I mentioned in the beginning talking about holidays and kind of starts in October where we are, you know, there's all kinds of busyness of life. Kids go back to school, all the different activities. We become more and more stressed, even though. Halloween is fun. Family time is fun at Thanksgiving, planning for, you know, holidays, decorating, baking, all the things are super fun and exciting for a lot of people. Um, but it's also very stressful, even though you don't mentally maybe think it's stressful, it actually can be very stressful. And if you are low in B vitamins, or you're burning through those B vitamins from the foods that you're eating, or you're not eating very um, healthy, nutritious foods on a regular basis, you're going to be deficient and you're going to have low energy and you're not going to feel well. So it's just it's one thing begets another thing. Everything flows together. You need to do a little bit of all of these things on a regular basis to help maintain that immune system. And then let's talk about what to avoid. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Get rid of the refined carbohydrates, you know, crackers, chips, popcorn. I don't care if they're whole wheat that doesn't make them healthier. There's lots of other stuff in them that is not going to be good. There's going to be processed oils, which you want to stay away from as much as possible. When you're baking, try to use as good quality ingredients as possible. So for example, um, not in your best interest to use hydrogenated oils like a Crisco type of thing or margarine. Do not use those types of things. Those just damage our cells. Um, it impedes the immune system. It just does nothing good for your overall health this time of year or any time of year. 
And then what happens when we have holidays and we're traveling and we're hosting or entertaining, we're going to bed late. We're staying up all hours of the night. We're getting up early to prep for dinner. We're not probably staying hydrated. We're definitely not managing our stress. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things that we need to, uh, you know, consider, but it's a lot of things to juggle in this busyness of life. So pick some things, um, start where you're at, go, you know, go for the things that you know that you will do consistently and then just build from there. So um, it's just kind of a slow process or can be a slow process when you're trying to make changes and to um, try to keep yourself healthy. But, you know, you, you got to do to start with one thing and build from there. So now I think that there are some things that Stephanie will dig into that's a lot more detailed about what I just talked about, give you more information on that. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see how it all ties together. And she's going to give you some extra information as well. Okay. Um, getting the slides up. Give me just a second here. Oops. Um, okay. So <clears throat> you can see that okay? Yes, it looks perfect. Okay. Thanks for having me, Tiffany. I really appreciate yeah. it. My name is Stephanie. Um, Tiffany has been a mentor and friend to me. And so um, she helped me get my nutritionist license. So <laughs> thank you for that. And thanks yes. for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, nutrition for optimal, immuni um, optimal immunity. We're going to first talk about being resilient and understanding that resilience allows our bodies <laughs> to remain in that state of health or recover more quickly after exposure to a virus, detrimental bacteria, or, or even toxins. But um, mostly we're talking about um, getting through cold and flu season, right? And I guess now probably what they call COVID season. Um, so both our mental health and immune system are dependent on a strong and resilient microbiome. Um, and building resilience doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Um, there are things you can do to um, support your overall immunological resilience. Um, first of those is managing your gut health and understanding that um, those little microbes that inhabit your gut are a little community that influences both your physiology and your susceptibility to getting sick. Um, the gut microbiota should be very diverse and, and will vary between individuals. Um, it's very dependent upon, um, what, how your life started out even before birth. Um, and it can change over time, especially depending on, um, a stage of development in your life and your progression of any particular disease, chronic illness that you might have. So you have all these trillions of little guys um, that we need to take care of. So regular intentional practices that support your gut health can help set this strong foundation and support your body's resilience to um, fight off these little foreign bugs that are making us sick. All right, so then you have um, how nutrition affects your immune system. We, obviously, optimal nutrition is ideal because um, it does support your immune system functioning properly and giving a proper response to any sort of bacteria that might enter. <clears throat> okay, and so we have um, all the vitamins, basically, 
zinc, very important. N-acetylcysteine or NAC is very important. Um, quercetin and your omega-3 fatty acids. So for example, um, Tiffany talked about vitamin C, right? It's not only necessary for making collagen um, and improving the um, life cycle of skin cells, which might be what we might want as we age, but the skin is one of your barriers to your immune system um, or, or a barrier to a pathogen entering your, your system, I should say. So we want healthy skin function, right? Again, iron is also essential for creation and growth of skin, your digestive lining itself, um, where you're, that 70% of your immune system is housed, and then uh, blood vessels and more. Vitamin A and zinc are also important for the um, structure and function of skin and mucous membranes. So we want the mucosal lining to be healthy, as Tiffany said. Um, and then vitamins D, A, B6, B12, and folate, they're all essential for keeping a healthy uh, balance of gut bacteria. <clears throat> Vitamin C and E act as antioxidants, and they can help to protect cell membranes from damage caused by free radicals. Um, so that would be important throughout the season, just because you need healthy cells to have a healthy body. So if, the, if your body is trying to fix your cells, it's not gonna be able to focus so much on, on keeping those bugs out. And then D, vitamin D, as Tiffany mentioned, very important. It's actually been shown to be protective of lung infections. Um, so that would be important for any upper respiratory stuff going on throughout the season. Just to... And then um, and, add, oh, go ahead. So I was just going to add to that with the vitamin D, um, you know, if you have reasons not to do this and your doctor is said to be wary of D for whatever reason, um, I'm not sure what that would be, but if you've ever been told that, then, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But, um, I have had people on their own tell me that I've been working with. They're like, you know, I was starting to feel a little under the weather, under the weather. And then I just took, I had a, some extra D. So I took like a bunch of D and, um, you know, within a couple of days, their symptoms started to subside. So it's insane how quickly some of this stuff can help if you know, um, you know, if you have it or whatever, if you start feeling symptoms of a cold or whatever, sometimes a little bolus of D um, has helped people. And like I said, I've had people that I've been working with just show up and say, I was feeling sick the other day and this is what I did. And it made a big difference. And, you know, I don't know that that's cut and dry that that always happens, but I, I think, you know, it's a safe thing to do for a couple of days or something like that, taking extra. I don't know if you've had people right. say that to you, but it, it is. And it's actually been shown in, um, COVID to at the onset, if you can mm -hmm. dose high for a couple of days, I, I have a, a whole thing on that. Um, so I don't know the exact amount of days and the exact amount, but a higher dose, for a couple of days at the onset of COVID has been very helpful for people in, in um, keeping it from getting worse. Right. So definitely. And, mm -hmm. and then aside from that supplementation, if you're getting these nutrients from your diet, you don't have to worry about overdosing because the vitamin A, D and E, you really want to be mindful of those because you can overdose on them or not. I don't know if overdose is the right word. You can take too much and it can be detrimental. So you want to always make sure that you're testing, especially D, because that's common for most people to take. You should be testing for that at least once a year to make sure that you're not too high. Mm -hmm. 
I I've only seen it once where it's been even high period, like not even past the normal range, but just in the upper end. I've only seen it that way one time, but wow, I'm sure it can happen. I'm sure. Yeah. So then we want to make sure that you're getting enough micronutrients, which is your vitamins and minerals, right? Um, and you can test your micronutrient status, um, you know, with Tiffany and, and she can help you figure out what specific nutrients you might be in need of. Um, but in, in the scientific research and clinically, um, it's very well established that micronutrient deficiencies or deficiencies in vitamins and minerals, um, it's the same thing, but sometimes micronutrients is confusing. So vitamins and minerals, it can affect your immune system poorly um, and predispose you to infections. So you just want to be mindful of that piece. Um, so when you get exposed to that pathogen, um, your body might lose some of those micronutrients because it's using them right to um, help your body fight it off. Um, but that can also cause the immune system to become more active. So you just want to be mindful of that. So adequate intake from real nourishing food sources is really essential to both prevention and aiding in recovery from any type of infection. And then uh, probiotics. These are live microorganisms, right? We all know that piece. Um, some really great food choices is sauerkraut or kimchi um, or kefir or kefir, not sure how anybody says it. I usually say kefir. Um, but interestingly for sauerkraut, that one tablespoon of sauerkraut, which is a great way to start eating it, is that just a little bit of a side piece to your meal. Um, that can provide you around 10 million to 10 billion colony forming units of probiotics. And after seven days of fermentation, the vitamin C content in the sauerkraut is increased by 600%. So it's a really great functional food to consume. And this isn't canned sauerkraut. It, you have to get the refrigerated kind if you're buying it in the store, but it's super easy to make at home and you can easily find a recipe online and probably a YouTube video. Um, other things you can look at unpasteurized pickled foods and then yogurt, even non-dairy yogurt, cause that will be fortified with probiotics. Um, so those things can be really helpful in improving the mucus production, which can interfere. Um, uh, dairy yogurts, if you have an issue with them, can um, produce more phlegm and mucus, which may interfere with your body's ability to clear out bacteria and pathogens. Um, and then with supplementation, you just want to consider um, strains that are lactobacillus acidophilus genus and species, and then the bifidobacterium lactis. But I would go for more specific strains and then I would work with someone to figure out what those strains are that you might need. And then prebiotics, those are the fibers that we're getting from our fruits and vegetables, the non-digestible the non fibers, um, but those are the ones that the microorganisms um, in your gut, so the bacteria in your gut, will um, consume and then it will provide the quote, the quote unquote good guys with the food they need to overtake the quote unquote bad guys. And then it will keep your gut bacteria in a better balance, allowing for them to um, assist your immune system in fighting things off. So great prebiotic foods, garlic, onions, 
uh, leeks, asparagus, apples, greener bananas, apple cider vinegar, and Jerusalem artichokes. I, I didn't list them here because they're only available in the springtime, so they're not um, readily available, but those are an excellent source of prebiotic fiber as well. And then bone broth, as Tiffany mentioned, uh, your grandmother might have known best because homemade bone broth has been around for centuries. Um, and it does assist the gut is gut associated lymphoid tissue. So it's part of your immune system that's in your gut. Um, it is so easy to make and so good for you, but it does contain an acetylcysteine which is a compound found in a lot of bronchitis medications. So it works as an expectorant to break up that phlegm and mucus in your chest. Um, and research has shown that it may also increase white blood cells. So that's our immune system's army of defense. And it also contains that collagen and gelatin, which have excellent gut healing properties and provide the nourishing calories through protein and fat. You can make bone broth from any bones that you may have in your house. It doesn't necessarily have to be chicken, turkey, or beef. Those are just probably the more common ones. I've had bone broth made from a combo of lamb and beef, and that was really tasty. You can make it from fish bones. And you, if you have whole fish, you can actually cook all of the fish that you don't actually eat the, the flesh part. Cook the rest of the fish, and that will gel up real nice and be really good for you. I also always add to mine um, the, the neck and the gizzard and the heart and the liver. And I cook that with my broth and then strain that all out. Um, you just add good filtered water. You can add onions and carrots and celery, any herbs and spices you want. I typically just do onions, carrots, and celery. I save the chunks off of what I cut off of whatever I'm cooking for. A little bit of apple cider vinegar. And then I cook it in the Instant Pot in 90 minutes. And, and then sometimes I have it for breakfast with a little bit of salt and some ginger and um, maybe a little bit of lime and a little bit of canned coconut milk. And it make, it's like a Tom Ka ghee, I think is how you say it, without the meat. It's super delicious. So I would encourage you to give that a try. You can also buy it in the store. You can get... Um, like Bonafide Provisions or Kettle and Fire are great brands to um, buy from the store if you don't want to make it, but it's so cheap to make. So I would recommend giving it a try. Yeah, it's cheap and easy. Costco also has yeah. a sipping, organic sipping bone broth. And I think they have both beef and chicken. I feel like I've seen both. And those are good when you just want, if you you know don't have time to make or don't have the bones or yeah. whatever. Yeah, good idea. Right. And then again, micronutrient status, you want to make sure that you're getting your nutrients from real food first, if you can, um, because you're getting all the minerals and vitamins in the right forms and um, in a synergistic combination so that you're not overdoing one over the other. Uh, it's just beneficial overall to get it from your food first, if you can. And vitamin D, um, again, research has shown that vitamin D plays a, a role in the immune function and our ability to fight infections by both uh, modulating your immune system responses, uh, both of them, your innate and your adaptive immune system. Um, 
It helps to decrease inflammation and it um, has antiviral, antimicrobial, excuse me, properties. And again, it can protect against those respiratory infections. Um, adequate intake will support your immune system and support healthy brain metabolism, healthy thyroid function, bone health. I mean, it's good for all kinds of things. And then great sources, those wild caught fish, such as salmon, other fatty fishes, pastured eggs. So if you can get the um, vital nutrients, is that the brand that they have in Target? I, I know they're expensive, but if you spend money on any groceries, get the highest quality eggs, the highest quality fats that you can, can get. And beef liver, another great source. So if you like liver, go for it. Mm. I'm not a fan. Um, cod liver oil is another good option and you can get that in capsule form. And then mushrooms, not super bioavailable in mushrooms, but um, is still a good option. And then obviously sunlight. If you can get that exposure in the summertime or wherever you live, get out um, 10 minutes a day without sunscreen and expose your skin and that will be really helpful. And then you can supplement, but again, I would work with somebody to do that and just make sure that you're getting also that K1 and K2 vitamin with your vitamin D um, to help prevent any calcification of soft tissues. And of course, you can work with Tiffany to figure out which one of those is good for you. Um, vitamin C, again, very well known as a powerful antioxidant and supporting the immune system and has even been shown in some research to lessen the symptoms of a cold, maybe not necessarily shorten the duration, but it can um, help out a little bit. And, and the research on that is mixed, but can't hurt, right? Um, but low levels of vitamin C leads to an increased susceptibility to um, viral infections and compromised immune health. So you want to make sure that you're getting good, good sources of that. So, you know, any of your colorful fruits and vegetables, so bell peppers, your tropical fruits, your lemons, your limes, your grapefruits, um, berries, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, kiwi fruits, your leafy greens, and then acerola cherries. So you can um, maybe buy frozen cherries and have that as a little, you know, heat them up in the microwave or something for a little dessert with a little bit of coconut cream or something. I love that you have cauliflower. Sorry. I love that you have cauliflower there because yeah. I've heard many times people say, oh, well, I don't even really like cauliflower, but there's nothing nutritious about it anyway. It's just white. <laughs> so people have a very no, misconception it's... about like, I mean, yes, color is really important, but also white foods. And this is kind of, yeah. you know, that's yep. a good thing. And a great way to eat cauliflower is to roast it because it'll bring out a little bit of the natural sweetness. And, you know, you can cut it up and cut it up into florets and then um, toss it with some olive oil, sprinkle, sprinkle it with some salt or any other seasoning that you want. Um, a lot of people will put buffalo sauce on it. Um, yeah, it's, you can make it delicious. <clears throat> and then zinc, we know that's powerful um, for colds. It's also um, really has been shown Zinc lozenges in particular have been shown to um, coat the mucous membranes in 
your nose and throat to help prevent viruses from even getting past that. Um, it's been recommended in COVID to do that. Um, it's just powerful antioxidant and it does, it is needed to activate certain immune cells and a deficiency is associated with that impaired immune function, helping to increase the risk of infection, such as pneumonia in certain groups of people. Um, but deficiency is also associated with a decrease in immune cell development. So um, it just kind of can make your immune system not work as good as it should. And then great food sources, seafood, great source of zinc, um, especially oysters and um, grass-fed beef. So 100% grass-fed beef, dark meat, chicken, raw pumpkin seeds, uh, yogurt, and that I would say is dairy yogurt, not dairy-free, raw cashews and um, chickpeas. But then you could go, if you're really super into cooking, you could make yogurt from raw cashew milk um, and see how that goes. I'm not, I've tried making yogurt. I'm not great at it. So um, if that's something you like to do, you can give that a try. I haven't made it, but. Yeah. And the, and chickpeas, you know, you can throw those into a sheet pan of vegetables and just, that's another great way to get some protein and some fiber and a source of zinc. And then I would be cautious with supplementing because long-term zinc supplementation may cause a copper deficiency. So you want to be really mindful of that. And then quercetin, this is a, a plant compound, and it has been shown to reduce the incidence and severity of upper respiratory tract infection symptoms, but may be very immune supporting when combined with vitamin C. And so getting them from foods, you're getting both together. So apples, berries, the brassica vegetables, capers, um, and capers is the, the outside part of the caper. Um, that's why that starred because I think it's special. It's you're having a special part of the caper. Then grapes, onions, and shallots. Um, and then tomatoes, nuts and seeds, black tea, oranges, obviously, um, great source of vitamin C, but also contain quercetin and then honey and red onions. And the highest concentration of quercetin is found in the outermost rings of the onion. Um, and then also the part that's closest to the root. So not that you're going to skip the middle part, but the other parts are higher in, in quercetin. Um, and then that highest concentration of quercetin is found in those, um, in food sources in two is 234 milligrams per hundred grams of raw capers. So uh, that's the starred part. Um, so that's a lot of capers. Well, actually it's grams. So that's probably not that many capers. So uh, a great food if you like the taste of capers. Um, and then black and green tea, they are from the same plant um, and they are a great source of, um, I believe it was quercetin. Um, they have the polyphenols that helps support the, the healthy gut microbiome and helps to bind a virus and reduce the ability for the virus to replicate. So consuming tea, um, one to two cups a day can be really helpful. And then omega-3s, 
um, your polyunsaturated fats, they are um, the essential fatty acids. So that's the ones that the body cannot produce. And that is your um, EPA and DHA, which generally come from fish. So if you're not a fan of fish, you probably are going to need to supplement. But um, the best way to get these is through um, the foods that contain them, because there's an extra conversion piece that happens with just taking the fish oil that um, can be less effective or efficient. Um, so the omega-3s, they um, help with the inflammatory response and they provide multiple health benefits besides helping your immune system. They're helpful in chronic diseases like inflammatory bowel disease, depression, cancer, cardiovascular disease, and rheumatoid arthritis. So they're really, really good for you. Two to four servings of wild caught fish per week, things like um, salmon, sardines, mussels, herring, anchovies. And then the plant-based version would be uh, chia seeds, ground flax, hemp, and walnuts. So any of those or multiple of those, if you consume you know, oatmeal, gluten-free oats, um, whatever that looks like for you, you can add a little bit of chia seeds when you're cooking the oats, and then you can add in hemp seeds or walnuts or both as a topping. Um, and it adds an extra source of protein, but then you're also getting those great plant sources of the, the um, EPA and DHA. And if you do not enjoy fish, you may want to consider uh, supplementing with a high quality fish oil. And you want to probably go over that with your practitioner. And then ginger. I mentioned putting ginger in the bone broth. Um, it's great antimicrobial, antifungal. Um, supplementation in whole food form ha has shown to have an, an effect in lowering um, your CRP or C-reactive protein. Sometimes that's a, a blood test that your doctor will do to see, check like um, inflammation. And it also, um, also lowers the immune cells that are inflammatory. So it's, it's anti-inflammatory and immune supporting. Um, getting again, that whole food form, not, not, um, the powder in the spice aisle, almost every grocery store has ginger root available. And I just store mine on the counter. Sometimes it dries out a little bit. You can store it in the fridge as well, but you can grate it into stir fries. You can simmer it with water to make a tea. You can add it to smoothies. You can um, put it in certain kinds of soups. Um, it's great in more Asian type dishes or um, maybe even in Indian food. You can steep it in, in almond milk and add other spices to make sort of, you know, like a chai flavor, maybe add cinnamon and cloves to something like that. Um, and you can also get frozen ginger available as cubes in a lot of grocery stores, but you want to be mindful if it's combined with oil, which it usually is. So you would want to avoid that if it's in something like soybean oil or canola oil. And then garlic um, has been used to treat and prevent respiratory infection. And it contains the allicin and allin, which are um, chemical compounds in the garlic that are antimicrobial. Um, so you can chop, peel, smash, uh, fresh garlic. And if you allow it to sit for 10 to 15 minutes, that um, 
increases the allicin in it and can um, just boost its nutrient capacity. Though you do have to, once you cook it, it loses that. So maybe put it in at the end of a dish so that it doesn't get fully cooked. Plus you're getting the um, prebiotics from it. So it's a win-win there. And then other herbs and adaptogens. So you can add in fresh herbs into any sort of cooking or drinking beverages that you're doing. Thyme, oregano, lemon balm, sage. Uh, and then other adaptogens such as holy basil, ashwagandha, astragalus, and medicinal mushrooms. Um, so specifically reishi and um, which I guess the plant name is Gandoderma luticum. Uh, Astrolagus, maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it's one of the most uh, vital herbs used in traditional Chinese medicine with its immune enhancing effects. Traditionally, it was used as part of a general lifestyle practice and it was featured in soups and medicinal teas. And, and it has been said to provide protection against heart, brain, liver, kidney, intestine, and lung injury. And, um, and then isolated parts of it have shown significant prevention of tissue injury through antioxidant mechanisms. So it's a great um, little compound. And then again, be sure to discuss your use of any of these with um, a healthcare practitioner, especially if you're pregnant or if you're on immunosuppressive medications or have autoimmune conditions, because some of these can um, flare up your immune system instead of providing protection. And then your lifestyle practices. We um, probably all know that these are important, but staying well hydrated drinking plenty of water and making sure your water is getting into your cells. So if that means taking an electrolyte or a pinch of salt um, and aiming for half your body weight in ounces daily, but not exceeding more than a hundred ounces. Um, so if you're carrying around a, one of those 40 ounce Stanley cups, um, shoot for two of those a day. If you're, you know, if that works for your weight, um, making sure you're getting really good sleep, um, you know, aiming for seven to nine hours, depending on your body, that's really helpful. And then practicing some deep breathing. We all probably could practice doing this a little bit better. Um, just so that you're, you know, watching how you breathe in times of stress, making sure you're getting enough oxygen to your body, including your digestive system. Um, that will help increase your blood flow right? And then encouraging a better intestinal response and action and works to enhance your digestion overall. And then um, physical activity, your immune system is definitely affected by your physical activity. So you want to try to get in some regular um, exercise that you enjoy. It doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have to be something that kills you each time, but just getting moving, aiming, you know, for those 10,000 steps a day, there's really something to that. And so then what this looks like on a healthy plate, you're looking at a quarter of your plate being those high quality proteins, um, both plant and animal sources. And, um, and then three quarters of your plate being plants, you know, those whole grains, nuts and seeds. 
I wouldn't aim for necessarily a quarter of your plate to be uh, nuts and seeds. Um, but, you know, thinking about more of a whole grain, so maybe a brown rice or a quinoa. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other half of your plate, fruits and vegetables. So the more vegetables you can get in, the better you are for feeding that microbiome. And then using um, a side, having a little side of some sort of fermented or pickled vegetable. And maybe you're making a soup with bone broth. Um, and, you know, your healthy fats in small amounts as well. So looking at olive oil, um, I would, I would make, I would use walnut oil as a salad dressing, potentially, um, your cod liver oil, you're not cooking with that. Um, and then grass fed butter or ghee you could cook with, uh, I would even say coconut oil is okay in this situation as well. And, um, I think that is it. So this is where you can reach me. If you have any questions, um, you can um, check me out here. Then I see I spelled podcast wrong, but I do have a podcast called Help for Hashimoto's. So you can check that out. <laughs> That's awesome. That, um, I love how we were on the same page with things. We didn't even talk specifically about what we were going to talk about. Yeah. And then you just, you know, enhanced, you know, there's more details about what we were going through. So that kind of tells you if you're, you know, trying to be in the health space, there are some just back to basics types of things you can do and you're not going to do it by fast food, drive through food delivery, whatever you have to kind of, you know, start looking at whole foods more, you know, more often than not, you know, it's to start where you're at and build from there. It all goes back to the basics. So, so yeah, that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. And just a note on the, the hydration thing. I realized this when I was just recently traveling, I was drinking water like crazy. You know how, when you fly, you lose a lot of water when you fly and just whatever different surroundings, stress, whatever. And I just noticed it's like, I was drinking and drinking and drinking, but it wasn't, I didn't feel hydrated if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. and then I started putting just a little bit of salt into my water and then it started to come in and, you know, we're kind of told to be afraid of salt. It's not very much. It's more like a pinch and like this yep. 20, 24 ounces or whatever. And then I have noticed it as well when I have not been feeling well and probably just not drinking as much. And then I've been going to like hot yoga and I barely sweat and it's 125 degrees in there. Mm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm warm. I can, there's dampness, but not like normal. So that's a sign that you're not fully hydrated either. I just noticed that. And it's like, even if you're drinking, if you're not, if you don't have the electrolytes to get it into the cells, it's not yeah. functionally hydrated, you know, you're not functionally yeah. hydrated. So just a note on that. So yeah. anyway, good information, Stephanie, thank you very much for helping Thanks out for having me. Yeah. We'll have to come back and do some more like this. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yep. Thank you. Bye.